Are you going to introduce yourself this time? This is Lizzie, and she hasn't taken her Adderall today. I just took it. (laughs) (laughs) You could keep that in. Hello, and welcome back to the Gay Ergos podcast, episode three. I'm your host, Lizzie Houston, and uh, I'm ringing in the new year of 2022 as an absolute menace to society. And I'm Kiro Sullivan, and my pronouns are your problem. <laughs> <sighs> I identify as a problem. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we're here for, uh, I guess it would be a special holiday episode. We're a little bit late, um, but we just wanted to talk about kind of being home for the holidays and um, just talk about our experiences at home uh, for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, whatever we celebrate, whatever you celebrate. Um, We are all inclusive here. But Kira, do you want to take it away and talk about your holiday, uh, holiday happiness, whatever you want to call it? Heck yeah, the holiday gaze, if you will. Um, yeah, no, I think the holidays are this supposed to be this time of year that are like so exciting and it's great and you get this break and you're supposed to be relaxing and all this. And that's just like not really, I think, a reality for a lot of people. When I was an athlete, the holidays were the most stressful time of year because I didn't know where I was working out. I didn't know how I'd be training. I didn't have the money to just join a gym. I'd be like scouring the internet for free trials for gyms um, in my area. Luckily, I lived close to campus, so I would just drive to campus every day and still work out there. Um, And like you add that extra layer of being queer. And it's like for a lot of kids, for a lot of athletes, for a lot of people, it's really hard to go home to your family and have to kind of hide part of your identity or just like give up a little bit of yourself. Um, luckily my parents are really accepting of the fact that I'm not straight, but they really just, they call me a lesbian every time they like identify me. And I'm like, that's not who I am. I'm pansexual, but they can't really get their heads around it. And I have not even begun the whole gender identities talk with them. So it's, not the sunshine and rainbows and Hallmark movie experience for a lot of people, I think. And it's worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally, I totally hear you on that. Where did you spend the holidays? Did you go to your parents down in Philly or did you go, I know you mentioned that you were down in Florida for a little bit. So you want to just kind of talk about, um, you know, both environments. I know you were down with Alex, I think down at at her parents' place and um, yeah, talk about, uh, talk about that. Heck yeah. So this, this was a particularly stressful holidays on our end. Um, we were traveling, traveling a lot. And that is something when I disrupt my structure, I crumble. Like I have not really worked out that much and it makes me just like a worse human being when I can't actually like tap into that athlete side of me still. So that's been really hard. Um, but I did get to spend Christmas with my parents in Philly, which was really nice. You know, it was nice to be around them. I brought one of my friends home with me because she didn't want to go all the way home to her parents. So my parents are great about like letting me bring in strays. (laughs) Um, And that was super fun, but it did, you know, there were a couple moments of like, whenever they had the chance to identify me, they just like went either gay or like calling me a lesbian. And, you know, every once in a while I do like speak up and be like, pansexual like you're so close you're so close but can't quite get it um and it never really 
turns into much. So a future real sit down adult conversation might have to happen, um, especially around like a wedding in the future. Um, but so I spent Christmas at their house and then Alex and I always spend New Year's with her parents in Florida and they're great. It actually, it's been really fun to watch them kind of like embrace us as a couple more and more. Um, a couple of New Year's ago, her dad had like referred to me like, oh, this is Alex's friend. And I like stopped him and looked at him and I was like, we're not friends. <laughs> we're not friends at all. Actually, we are, we are quite beyond that. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. So I think navigating those waters is a little tough and like, Luckily, we're also in a space where they're trying, you know, they're trying to understand, they're trying to get it. Um, I don't think my gender identity is anything I really will be able to bring up to my parents. I think they are just going to have to, and I'm quite okay with that, keep me in the she, her category, um, even though I identify as she, they. So I don't think that's really something I'm going to want to bring up with them. It's not something I'm going to want to fight with them. And I didn't have to see any of my family that's like homophobic because we don't talk to them. And it's awesome that my parents are like cool with just like not being involved with them. And I know that's not often the experience, but you also traveled a little bit this holiday season, Lizzie. What was that like? Yeah, I, um, well, I think that's, first of all, I, I want to, you know, commend you. I think that's a great, um, way to put things right. We kind of do have to know our audiences and who you're dealing with. So kudos to you for just, you know, sticking up, first of all, sticking up for yourself and especially yours and Alex's relationship, um, you know, on how, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, we're not friends. I love that. I think that's great. <laughs> I mean, you we're know, not even a little bit friends. We're not even a little bit friends. <laughs> and, you know, like my, my parents have done that in the past as well. And like, I, I know my, my past partners or girlfriends, whatever, whoever, um, like my parents have said friend and, I've kind of brought it up to my mom. She's like, well, if you were dating a man, like I would still probably do that. And I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure she did it with my brothers and you know, you know, I think sometimes it's hard for parents just to wrap their heads around kids dating period. <laughs> and now it's like, all right, well, I'm 25. So, um, you know, all that fun stuff, but yeah, no, I, I think, thank, thank you for sharing that experience. Um, and you're awesome and you're doing great stuff and yay. <laughs> <laughs> so so affirming on that end Lizzie <laughs> I, I try to be as affirmative as possible <laughs> um yeah so I actually couldn't go home for Christmas um my my dear friend Alex's family took me in um up in Vermont for a couple of days both of my parents actually ended up getting COVID um in December so um unfortunately I couldn't go home and celebrate Christmas I was super 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 like do I'm not coming home until there's a negative test and everybody's wearing a mask and X, Y, Z and all that fun stuff. So I, I did get to spend Christmas with uh, Alex's family up in Vermont and skied at Killington, which was, which was great. Um, I Killington is great, but it's so expensive. So catch me <laughs> just using my Epic pass <laughs> everywhere else. I'm not trying to pay that fee again, but no, it was really awesome. They, they are super wonderful. We had such an awesome time. Um, and then I actually did get to go home. Um, and then my, my parents and I, we spent, uh, new year's together. So super simple, super easy going. I do. Ugh, that's not true actually. Um, I love my parents very, very dearly, but there is only so much that I can handle. And it's mostly the, um, 
they got new phones for Christmas. My wonderful brother bought bought them both new phones because they won't take care of themselves in that way. But <laughs> so my dad's like walking around with his crack screen for two years. And um, but it's just a it's just a parade of uh parade, is that the right word? Whatever. Barrage. Uh, barrage. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I don't know. As an English major, I'm really, really bad with words. Like I said, I can only write poems for pretty women. Um and um, yeah, it's just the, how do I do this? And I was like, I, I, I'm just going to Google it. Like you can do the same thing. Um, but also kind of to, to go off what you said too, like, I don't think that the AC hasn't been open for really outsiders recently either. So I, I didn't really get to work out. I didn't go, get to go row. And I kind of, I really did miss the routine that I had. Um, and I guess because, you know, we're both back coaching and kind of on that athlete schedule again of, you know, we get a Christmas break and we get to go home. It's like, okay, well, I'm not really training for anything right now. What am I doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chloe and I used to go to the AC like every morning when we were on break and we'd go probably, we were probably there like three or four hours. We would just bull around and erg. And, um, but you know, we didn't really have that we didn't really get to do that this time. Um, you know, there's always an erg upstairs in my, my, uh, extra, the extra bedroom, but it's not super fun to do that. And I could have, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, holidays were good though. Um, I definitely do also still notice my family more probably just still getting used to the idea that I'm not straight, I guess. Like, I think it is like, oh my, you know, it's, you're a lesbian and it's no, I'm, I'm not, I, I still identify as bisexual and, um, we don't want to do bi erasure here. We don't want any of that. So I think just being able to have candid conversations with your parents, it's really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. but we have to learn how to do it at some point, you know, we advocate for ourselves outside of our family and obviously our family is the hardest people to talk to it's like you know it's kind of like coming out all over again right it's always easier to tell your friends first um and let them find out first than your parents it took me a long time to come out to mine so um but I think just being able to change the narrative um and communication aspect of things I think is really important so hopefully you know if there's any youngsters listening and you're having trouble just know that it it's it's normal and it's hard, but at the end of the day, it's okay. And whether your family is going to accept you, um, you have plenty of people out there that are very willing to accept you and love you for exactly who you are. We are your family. We are, now, we are your family now. You are the family of liabilities and menaces <laughs> and sleep paralysis demons. <laughs> That's us. It's, we're here for you at any point in time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, you touched on training a little bit. And I always, you know, people ask me now, like, I still work out a lot. And people ask me a lot, like, what are you training for? And I'm just like, life, you know, I just train because it's like, it makes me feel the best I can. But when you were in college, and when you were like, deep in your like, most intense training, what were the holidays like for you then? Um, So I struggled with a really terrible back injury in college. So I actually spent a majority of my breaks, just trying to get my back pain under control and, um, stop the shooting pains <laughs> from going to my hip, my legs. <sighs> so honestly, awful. uh, I spent a lot of time doing PT 
um, and taking some time off. But um, when I was healthy, uh, I would, we'd try and row as much as we could. Like the, the lagoon that at the AC is um, it's salt water. So it takes obviously a lot to freeze. And as you know, as much as we could, we'd try and row like the AC has an awesome, you know, space there's ergs, there's weights, there's coaching. If you ask for it, like it's, it's just, it's, it's great. It's, it's always been home for me. So, and like I mentioned, like Chloe and I would go down and, um, a bunch of our other friends from the area, we'd all try and gather up and just get some pieces in together. Um, I think truthfully, it was probably my favorite time of year to train because I I'm, I love being a part of a team, but I also really love independently working out and just getting to do what I want. And like, I, you know, me, I love talking to people, but when I'm working out and when I'm like in that space, I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody really. Like, I mean, even now I, I, I enjoy going to Riverside when it's quiet and no one's there. Like I'll probably go in the middle of the day today. And, um, like, it's just nice to be able to work out and like take a break when I want to roll out for a few minutes, hop back on the erg, hop back on the berg. But yeah, I think just being able to see the people that I grew up with enjoying the same sport and enjoying, um, you know, collegiate athletics too. And we all are kind of collectively in it together. It's, it's always nice to kind of go back to our different programs, but then come home and be a part of, you know, one entity again. So I think that's, that's the best part of, of break for me when I was in college. I just, I loved it. And I, and I loved when, you know, I could go down to Philly and kind of do the same thing and meet a bunch of my friends you know, meet up with a couple of my friends, spend a couple of days there, just erg back at Vesper or something. But yeah, no, that was, that was always the best. And um, I know you're like, we're kind of opposite. So, you know, you're down in Philly. What was your, what was your experience like considering you didn't really go very far from the nest, huh? Yeah. I mean, I only lived like 35 minutes from campus. So it was like, once I, I kind of got reached a point where I got really unapologetic about being like, no, I'm going to work out. And you know, like your parents are always like, no, you're home. You should be home. You should be spending time with us. You should be here. And I'm like, no, I'm going to work out. Like I I am using this time. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. And I like, I, I say it a lot, but I'm just like a better person when I work out. <laughs> so in college, I was no, like, I, I reached, agree. yeah, well, I reached a point in college where I was like, I just have to be unapologetic about this. And that was like my choice of where my priorities lie during break. And I know that's not true for everyone. Like a lot of my teammates had a really hard time moving at all over breaks because they just felt so run into the ground after the season that they just needed some time away and they needed some time to move their body however they wanted, which is, I think, totally valid. Um, but we would try to come up with all these like crazy ways to try to like stay accountable with each other. And it was hard. Like we definitely had some teammates who did absolutely nothing during break. And I would never recommend that because it's ripe for injury. It's like the number one way I think to get injured is to like, just stop and then try to pick back up where you left off. Yeah. The volume is the volume is just too much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and you're coming, you're, you went, you did D one. And I think that's, yeah, that's just a recipe for injury, mm-hmm. just stopping, but like, that's the thing. And you know, you're tired after the season and it's, I don't know, like, I'm still kind of under, like, I'm still trying to learn and understand the, the, you know, eight hour weeks and stuff versus 20 hours and such. Like pretty much, I guess, after our last race, we'd kind of go right into captain's practices. What's, what is a division one kind of 
off season look like, uh, you know, for, for you guys, I know BC's is, you know, weird because of COVID. So you were D1 and, you know, not COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. The pre COVID world. Um, yeah, we would transition as soon as those eight hour weeks hit in like November, we would transition to like basically captain's practices on the off days. So every other day would be like a regular team practice and then be like an on your own workout. But we had a really hard time on our team, like getting people to work out together. People just wanted their freedom. A lot of teammates, like and athletes just wanted like, oh, I have, I can work out whenever I want and I never get to do that. Like I'm going to do it. But, you know, I've learned there's a lot of value in working out together. So I was always a proponent for like, let's all meet at a normal time and do the workout together. Um, And if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. Like this is your time to be flexible with that. But then we transitioned to eight hour weeks and then we'd have break. Um, well, we'd have mandatory time off for finals and then break, and then we'd immediately roll into a training camp. So we take this training trip in the beginning of January, which was like a high intensity, high volume training trip. So if you did absolutely nothing that entire break, you were going to have a really bad time on this training trip. (laughs) And like, so (laughs) it was like, don't shoot yourself in the foot before you even leave. But then you have this, all this added stress over break of like, am I working out enough? Am I doing enough? How do I make myself move when I don't want to? Like, what if I can't afford to go to a gym? What if I'm not near campus? And then add on to that, you already don't feel safe in your home environment if you're a queer athlete or if you're any athlete, because some athletes have that experience. It's like, you don't really rest. Like the rest does not happen over break. And I think a lot of coaches forget that that's a common experience. Like they would, we would roll into our training trip haggard and they'd be like why didn't you rest and it's like you try resting in a home that you don't feel safe in and being stressed about not working out enough the whole time like yeah yeah it's a whole thing oh definitely I think I mean that's good for me to be reminded of too I mean probably yourself I mean like I, I I forget exactly what it was like to be a student athlete it's like uh it's selective mm. memory I guess and you're just like oh Right. I was at that point once and it, yeah, it, it sucks. And it's like, we're not that far removed from it, but at the same time, I don't, I don't remember the, how painful it was. <laughs> oh, exhausting. I mean, absolutely exhausting. We, so we never went on like a January trip, but even for spring break, like I was wrecked over spring break. We would do three days and there was no rest for the wicked. It was, mm. and down in, I think my, my first year we went to Clemson, it was really, really nice. And then the second year we went to Clemson, we thought it was going to be really, really nice again. And it turned out it was like just as cold as Geneva. And, (sighs) um, the only reason like every other team would like cancel practice, like in the morning, except us, because our coach saw that like Navy was going out. So she was like, Oh, Navy's going out. So we're going out. And we're like, (sighs) we don't have layers oh god I had like one long top and one pair of leggings for an entire week of three days it was awful filthy I smelled so rank and it was it was brutal (laughs) oh my god that's awful and like I those coaches who were like yeah but they're doing it so we can do it. I'm like, yeah, that, do you ask if they should be doing it in the first place? They're the Navy. Of course they're going out. <laughs> God. Um, uh, yeah, but I but... do want to ask you, like, I think something I really adore about like coaching division three right now is I find that 
the accountability is a lot easier. Like I find the athletes want to be doing more. There's less of like a, you're made to do this and more of like a, you get to do this vibe. Um, so is that something, you know, during breaks, like, did you find that like a lot of your teammates had a, I don't know, easier time continuously training or anything like that? I think so for my team, I think we were, we were continuously building, um, you know, through the years, especially when I first got there, it was really rebuilding. Um, I think I noticed as I kind of grew up and, you know, became a senior, the, the younger class, you know, classes beneath me and my, and my class as well. I think there were just totally different attitudes, but it definitely was more of a, yeah, I, I get to do this. Like I want to be here. Um, there's no scholarships in D3. Mm-hmm. Like you're there strictly because you want to be there. Um, and whether it be you're injured or, you know, super healthy, it's like the, the girls who were injured were still like, okay, well, like, what can I do to help? How can I, how can I help manage and, you know, just still be a really good teammate. And that's, that's something that I really, um, admired about a lot of my teammates. I definitely wasn't like that when I was injured. And, um, I, I wish I was a lot better about that. Um, I think I was more focused on like, I was for sure more selfish. Um, and so like absolute kudos to my teammates who were, you know, more of like, I am here because I love it. Not because like, I have to be here. And for me, I, I'm super competitive and I was just like, I want to go fast. I want to win. <laughs> so, of course. Um, yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, to each their own. And I think obviously so many different personalities make up a team. You can't just have one personality. And I think that's what just makes rowing and being a teammate and just being a part of something special, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. different. Um, but yeah, D3 definitely has that like camaraderie aspect of things. And not to say that division one doesn't have that, but like, the teams are so much bigger with mm-hmm. D1. So it's, it's can be kind of easy for a coach to be like, Oh yeah. Like that. I forgot that kid was here. <laughs> and like, not that we don't care obviously about the individual. Like I, I love everybody that I coach and I think they're all really great, but you do kind of get lost in lost in the sauce as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because there's so many moving parts, but D3, I f- always feel is more intimate. I don't know if you're finding that way as a coach. Um, but I definitely like, we had maybe 30 girls in my roster in college and like the team I coach now has like 60 or something. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, what do you feel like as a, as a coach, what are, you know, D3, what do you think? What's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, this is my love letter to division three rowing. Um, yeah, I, I've loved coaching it. I think there's a little bit less, you know, emphasis and pressure on like the outcome goals of a team. Um, and like there, there's more accessibility then to the coaches, right? Like we are not killing ourselves over trying to recruit the way that I know my division one friends coaching friends are and the way I've seen my division one coaches do. And like, yeah, of course we put a lot of emphasis on recruiting, but we also have extra free time to like talk to our team and like have our door open and have them come in and just like tell us about their days. And like, it's all, you know, one time I sat the head coach that I'm working with now, shout out Claire Doyle. Um, I sat her down and I was like, Hey, like how, what do you recommend for culture building? Like, how did you do this? Like, how did you create such an awesome culture here? And 
she just said to me, like, it's in the little moments. Like a lot of coaches think it's these big, like sit down team talks, but it's really in just like the day-to-day little interactions. And that stuck so hard with me because I remember not really having that in my athletic experience and like watching people come to my team that I was so desperately like killing myself every day on this, on these machines and these workouts to like try to help move forward and watching people come in and be like, no, I'm just here for the scholarship money. I don't care about the sport and like, get your bag. I respect the only reason I could go to college was because I got a scholarship, like nothing wrong with scholarships. I think there's a problem with the culture around that, where it's like, you're just here for the money and that sucks. And like at division three, you know, there are other means of scholarships. There are non-athletic scholarships. There are many academic ways to like get into these institutions and still like not have to pay the full bill because college tuition is dumb rant for another day. Um, we can unpack that another time we can for sure but you get a lot more just passion for this sport and it's so cool to watch and like I love when the team has like these questions and they want to know and they want to understand everything and it's just like ah so cool and like because it's such a more like communicative space I know so much more about the athletes and I know like we are a really queer team (laughs) and that's really awesome. And like, they get to ask me about my experiences and they get to like learn from my experiences as a queer athlete. And that's not really something I got the chance to do in undergrad. Um, So it's like, I, I adore division three rowing. It has been a pleasure and a gift. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, D3, D3 is a really special, special place. I, I am forever grateful for being a D3 athlete. And I do wish that I got scholarship money because I am up to my, I'm drowning in my loans, but you know, that's okay because I still got to do what I love to do. And um, I'm living a really wonderful life here. I have no complaints about that. And, um, as tough as some of the situations, you know, that college, you know, that I faced in college were, I am grateful for every single one of them. They've made me the person I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah. Shout out to Claire Doyle. I have briefly met her a couple of times. I currently row with, um, one of her old athletes and also she rode, um, also D3. So that's exciting. It's just, it's so cool to see the circle of life of, you know, rowers turned coaches who are essentially coaching future coaches. Yes. Um, I also do like the cool part about D3 too, is like, there's no capped, like, and especially with just rowing period, there's no cap to how fast you can go no matter where you are. So just watching these division three athletes go, so fast. I mean, you have like Meg Musnicki who went to Ithaca. Um, I mean, they have a great program. Like it's just a fact who, who else went D three. Nicole um, Richie was a athlete yeah. of Bates and she yeah. went and meddled at Pan Am games, which is baller. Also. Yeah. I love her so much. I love yeah. her so much. We can have a whole like love letter to her another day. <laughs> we'll, we'll have Nicole Richie on as well. Just, oh. uh, and we'll have, we'll try and have Claire on, but, um, Got like uh, I think like Elizabeth Sunshine wasn't she Bates or something, like just all cool D three people like it's kind of forgotten sometimes and then you're just like oh there's these really amazing standout athletes that came from small programs so mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not just the athlete and the program like it's there's just a whole inner workings and all all the gears that kind of 
you know, rotate and, um, just create all these amazing athletes and wonderful mm-hmm. people that, um, rowing has seen through the years, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like my former assistant coach is now with BU 130 doing incredible things. And she was D three. So it, like she went to William Smith and, um, you know, coached, coached us for a long time and is now like, just, it's so cool. I love, mm-hmm. I love watching all of it. It is. It's awesome. So and I think too, it's like worth mentioning. I think I've said it before, but I really do think division three is a little more like queer friendly of a space yeah, um, yeah, than division definitely. one. And I do want to say like rowing in general is like wonderfully queer friendly so far in my experience. I know that's not true for everyone, but like, if you're in a boathouse where you don't feel welcome, there is another one for you, honey. Like yeah. there is so much space. I met uh, a younger athlete who this like a couple weeks or like a week ago when I was working at a sparks camp in the Bahamas, which was awesome. Um, and this athlete, you know, like they basically had to exist in like two worlds where like in their home space, they had to go by she, her because their parents are like a little more conservative leaning and all that. And then at camp, they were very explicitly like, I go by they, them, I'm non-binary, but when you talk to my parents, please use she, her, which is a really awful space to be in as like a young athlete. And any young person in general. And I pulled them aside at one point. I was like, listen, you're in the right sport. Like this is a really queer friendly sport and you're going to find a collegiate team. That's going to be so cool with whoever you are. And like, it's awesome that we get to be in a space like that. And I find, I think it's a little bit easier maybe for femme women, queer women, et cetera, like in rowing right now, I'm not positive. Can't speak to the like male gay experience. We did have John on, he did speak highly of it. Um, but I do know some of my like male queer folk friends are not exactly as like highly praising of it, but I do want to like commend the rowing world for being so cool about the gays shout out. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I can do this podcast and like, yeah, it's embarrassing to have my voice, you know, um, eternalized, I guess, but, um, I think it's, it's just a cool, comfortable space to be in. And I also like, I really like that I can have athletes talk to me because they're, they know, like, I mean, I don't like, I I don't love that I cut my hair and I do love my short hair. I think it's wonderful, but like, I do miss my long hair sometimes, but at the same time, it's just like, it's easier to identify me now. And like one of my athletes was literally like, Lizzie, I know you're gay. So I'm going to come talk to you about this real quick. And I was like, excuse me <laughs> but like you're not wrong <laughs> well I do run a gay rowing podcast so you must correct, know <laughs> correct. and I did try for about three days to not let it be known that I run gay ergos even though my water bottle my laptop my ipad my phone and probably oh and my hats obviously that I have all have gay ergos on it um, and I'm not just a, you know, not just a big fan. Cause I actually don't really wear my own merch. I know, which you is just business wise. I'm pretty sure of that idea, but rainbows it's really aren't my thing. I say as there's I know. a giant Boston flag in my living room, but shout out to Chloe who bought this for me, I think for my birthday this year and Phoebe Bridgers, tickets, is pretty which is like flag. super gay and awesome. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I did want to ask you, I meant to ask you before, um, you're, the camp that mm-hmm. you uh, coached, was that down, you said it was in the Bahamas, was that when you were down in Florida, like, did you kind of hop over f- with with Alex from there? Because you were coaching a camp, like, last week, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a complicated schedule. Um, <laughs> um, I was in Oregon for a week and then I went home to Philly for Christmas and then Alex and I got hired by Sparks to go work in Nassau for four days, which was a whirlwind. It was a coxing camp. It was super fun. And then we flew right to Florida. So it was a very go, 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 go. What I'm hearing is that you're a super spreader. No. (laughs) Along the way, don't you? We are vaccinated. Support the vaccine here. Get your. I just got my booster. Um, along the way, we had to test negative at every stop, and to get to the Bahamas, it was very strict, and we felt it very safe. Don't you dare! Fabulous. Oh, also, my antibodies are popping off. Oh, true, true. You did, you did have it not too long ago. Yeah. I'm just waiting. I know it's coming for me. I, I know it's, it's about to happen. I'm so, it's, I'm so not. You're going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay. I got my boosters. <laughs> I got my booster before head of like two weeks before head of the Charles. Nice. Knowing that head of the Charles was going to be dusty. Mm. Packed, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It was going to be packed. Any, any closing thoughts for our... <sighs> wonderful wonderful uh, folks out there closing thoughts for the queer folks and the non you know the allies if you had an awful at home experience over the holidays i'm so sorry and you deserve better and know that there is always a home for you somewhere on some team go home with a teammate be unapologetic about the fact that you don't feel safe in your home and do what you have to do to preserve yourself if you must absolutely That's my note to them I 100% agree with that. Um, We are always a safe space. We are not therapists, so um, we can't help you with your problems, but we can absolutely listen to them and share, continue to share our experiences and um, hopefully be an uplifting uh, voice if you need it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing your story today, Kira. And um, I'm very happy that the pets were nice and behaved during this. Yeah. I recently got a cat and I have a a very energetic three-year-old border collie um, who is is just very asleep on the couch right now, which is awesome. It's so gay of you. I I love it. I know. I feel like a really proud mom right now. Great job. You need to get a dog so that you can take them to work with you because there's nothing better than a launch dog let me tell you it's it's in my future plans don't you worry and shameless plug follow us on instagram at yep. gayergos follow at lizzie you. on instagram if you want because she will let anyone follow her i know i should <laughs> probably cut that out soon also the actual it's actually at coxless queer for gayergos oh, i know what i didn't I even know. do the handle right not even the handle right it's okay oh. the, the sub the sub handle i think is still gayergos which maybe oh, i should man. change to gayergos but yeah maybe um, Shout out to my friend Maddie from college who actually came up with Coxless Queer. Um, I can't take uh, any credit for that. She is awesome and funnier than me, um, which I mean, I'm not super funny. So, <laughs> but Maddie is really funny, actually, though. Um, anyway. And on that self deprecating note, goodbye. Absolutely. Thank you for. <laughs> joining today or whatever day you are you have joined um we love you happy new years um stay queer stay classy stay safe stay safe rip some fat ergs all right happy new year (laughs)